0: And welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and video show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge and experience from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe so you won't miss a new episode. I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with David Rickster. David, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Fritz.
0: Hey, I'm going to briefly introduce you before I hit my first question. You are currently the CEO of M Street X. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Correct. Uh, Founder of the One United Globe uh, and you have an HCR uh, consultancy and community development uh, company. You used to be uh, part of the US uh, Department of Treasury. have a, a background in financial services with Fannie Mae, Raytheon, banking and finance solutions. And you do a lot of volunteer work, uh, which is all about conclu- inclusion, as far as I see, diversity. Uh, and one of them is uh, South by Southwest. So that's I'd say an awesome background to have. But let me start off, because I wasn't sure how to pronounce this, M Street X. That's quite a peculiar name for an organization. Or uh, <laughs> what? What's behind that name? You you, you chose that for yeah. I, know,
1: I guess. Yeah, certainly. So that's an excellent question, Fritz. So back in 2020, uh, during the early beginning of the pandemic, um, I reconvened my Treasury portfolio. Um, As you had stated earlier, I was with the U.S. Department of Treasury. I was a portfolio outreach manager for um, a program that provided access to capital to every single state and territory in the United States. My role was to was I was the point of contact for I would say over a third of those states and territories. Um, and that program unfortunately ended in 2017 and I started con- consulting and you read off uh, HCR, one United Globe, et cetera. But more importantly, M Street X um, came about because at the height, or I would say at the beginning of 2020, Um, I thought it would be important for me to reconvene my state economic development practitioners and have conversations such as we're having right now on zoom. And for, I would say for over a year, we would have conversations on how to support small businesses, specifically underserved rural, those who are not fully participating in the economy and What came out of that was the Small Business Resilience Network. So for that time period, we would have conversations, included um, state practitioners from about 14 states, National Governors Association, um, financial institutions, and the like to discuss how states are collectively supporting small businesses, understanding that peer-to-peer knowledge sharing is key to kind of moving things forward and understanding that Folks work in silos, right? And to the extent we could share that knowledge, we would be able to provide resources, capital, technical ex- technical um, assistance and the like to small businesses and even founders. So what came out of that was Dave and team go out there and design a flexible fintech platform where public and private currently isn't participating. And that's what M Street X is. So M Street X really is, I would say, a platform. It's an idea that collectively brings together all of this experience that I gained over the last 25 plus years um, and wraps it into, I would say, Main Street platform. So M stands for Main Street, okay. stands for Street, of course, and X just comes from because my last name is Rickster, and folks uh, thought it would be cool to include an X because it's kind of punchy. Okay, okay, that explains
0: the name. And uh, so, who are your client uh, clients? Is that uh, how is it funded? How do
1: you uh, get revenue? So that's an excellent question. Um, we are unique in it that we have not had any equity. Mm -hmm. taken from our company. So my clients are state governments who use our platform. We also consult as well. So that's how we generate revenue by working with the states, understanding that those relationships that I had back at my days at treasury allows me to do what I'm doing now, right? So the ability to leverage your relationships and to monetize them, well, I'll say it was something that was challenging at first, right? Because before I was on the other side working for them in support of them, yeah. ensuring that they had the tools, the resources, capacity to operate programs to support small business growth and also entrepreneurship throughout the United States. Now, flip that, now I'm working with them because we saw that there was a gap within the ecosystem. And it was their request that we design something that was flexible, that could help them process transactions. And so that's how we've been able to generate revenue, by working with state economic development agencies to support their efforts in deploying flexible capital to small businesses.
0: Okay, got it. Now, when you uh, work for U.S. Department of Treasury, that's a very comfortable job. <laughs> Uh, let's make some sure. Okay. A <laughs> sure government job and you, you have also that background with very large institutes so how confident were were you when you stepped out of that i'd say corporate zone and said okay i'm gonna do something on my own now
1: That's an excellent question um so the fact that i was at treasury that I had access to all these, I would say, high level officials, secretaries, undersecretaries, assistant secretaries that were operating governmental agencies throughout the, the country gave me the reassurance that I could take that knowledge and, and help them augment their abilities to do more. Yeah. Right. I also knew that the Treasury program that I was part of was sunsetting in 2017 yeah and it was- so it gave me a unique perspective to start thinking about what I could do outside of the public sector, i e. treasury, which I mean, like treasury was an awesome opportunity, and especially to be there during the Obama time frame, a unique opportunity. I never thought I would ever have that opportunity, but the fact that I did have that opportunity, I wanted to do more for people, for men little boys that look like me to let them know that they too can have an opportunity. And that opportunity changed my mindset. It gave me the faith in myself to say, hey, you know, you had access to these unique individuals who operate all across the country. Imagine what you could do in the private sector by leveraging those resources to do more, to support entrepreneurship, to those who are not fully participating. So the short answer is it was extremely challenging. There was years when I came out of treasury where, you know, I was beating my head as to why am I doing this? I could have just found another job within the public sector, but something kept on pushing me. It was, I would say that innate ability to understand I could do more And so I kept on pushing and pushing and little did I know that the pandemic would be the catalyst for us to create M street X. So I would say it comes from having the reassurance and the faith within yourself, but also knowing that you're part of a community that can do more. And so, um, there's a lot of ingredients there man but it was not easy at first and it still isn't easy now cuz i wasn't a ceo or a chairman of a board of a startup mm-hmm. right i was at the federal i was at treasury sharing the value proposition with state economic development practitioners on why they need to participate in this program yeah but also on the other side of that scene that there was a swath of individuals that were not fully participating. I
0: got that. And those
1: are minorities. That. Those are rural communities. You know, understanding that there was an opportunity for me to do more, um, I saw the value proposition in supporting minorities, supporting underserved, supporting rural women, and the like. Uh, and I'll say this because when I had that opportunity at Treasury, I was traveling all across the country: Kansas, Washington State, Northern Mariana Islands. Guam, Hawaii, territories, you know, in the far Pacific and seeing what resources they didn't have, but also seeing what was happening in the United States, in the mainland. So to the extent I could pull together that collective mindset and leverage everything that I learned at Treasury, potentially I could do more in the private sector.
0: Hey, David, um, quick question. Uh, uh, the the folks you're now talking to are uh, at the government side. Are they still the same as you were at, uh, when you were at,
1: uh, at Treasury? Many of them are, and that's an excellent okay. question. Because
0: the reason I'm asking that is I was triggered by something you said a couple of sentences before you said, I had access to these people. Uh, and that suggests you don't have access to those people anymore? Or mm. do you still have the access? So, because I, so, I, I want explore with you is it where, where did you have access ex- of your function? And that, to what extent do you as an individual build up relationships with people?
1: So, and I think you- it's a combination of both, Fritz. So, I had access for six and a half years because of my position at the Treasury, right? I I cultivated and maintained those relationships after I left the Department of. Treasury. So it wasn't even though the program um, even though the program at Treasury sunsetted in 2017, it didn't mean that the work of David Rickster and said state economic development practitioners stopped, right So I kept the torch moving along for myself because this is my space. So it's interesting that you asked that question. many of those relationships were 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 in place. However, the ability to cultivate and to maintain relationships, I think, is key there. And also understanding that folks would retire or leave and go on to a different position. I had been fortunate to show that I'm really interested in the space, and folks continue to make those introductions to their colleagues okay. who were it.
0: In- yeah. So, to what extent? Uh, I mean, if I even now here you speak, you speak with passion, with, uh, I would say, intrinsic motivation. And to what extent can you uh, assess if, you say, the people you used to talk to, you used to meet, if they would recognize that, say, look, that's the reason why, independent of my position, uh, they're still opening doors for me?
1: I would say that has a big reason why I'm in this space right now. That passion hasn't. Um, Hasn't um, ended. It's never sunset, right? Uh, I think it's it's a part of who I am. Um, I'm wired in the sense where that I am motivated to help those that don't have the support, and the way that I do that is by understanding that there's systems that connect us all, yeah and to the extent you can leverage the system, you have a unique way of showing the value proposition of what you're able to do to support those who may not be able to support themselves.
0: Yeah, got that. Now, I want to move along to something I think is related to our current discussion. And that is, okay, so you became the CEO of a startup, uh, m More or less at the same time, you also founded uh, One United Globe. A lot of people I know who do a startup, they have one thing on the mind is making the startup successful. So, how can you cope with not only uh, setting up a a startup uh, for profit business, but also set up a foundation?
1: So, the one United Globe um, was done, I would say, before M Street X. So, okay. And so, Just so that we're clear there, uh, is it still operating to some extent? Yes, but I would say my sole focus right now is getting M Street X in a position that is sustainable marketing, um, getting our platform up. Our platform has been up since April of this year. Super excited about that, man. I mean, the fact, and I think it's important to just share that We did the fundraising route from late 2020 all the way up until, I would say, early 2022. Okay. So think about that. That's a long time to be fundraising. Um, And I can attest, as a founder, as CEO, it's extremely exhausting, and especially if you have kids. So I'm almost 50. And to your earlier question, I went from a job that was secure, a bi-weekly check. Uh, I had 401k, et cetera. But now I'm deciding to explore and do something unique, something challenging that I would say someone who's probably in my position and age probably wouldn't want to do because it's extremely challenging, especially when you have a young family. Um, But again, through grit, perseverance, focus, family, friends, um, we've been able to make it through. And I'm fortunate to say our clients have been able to fund our platform to where we're at today.
0: Okay. Uh, I still want to come back to uh, One United Globe, although you started it before starting up your startup. Uh, mm-hmm. Because w- when I read upon uh, what that is doing, connecting communities, embracing disruption, preparing for the fourth industrial wave, mm. seems to be that is, well, nice training ground for what you're doing right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so excellent point. Yeah. Um... I'm not going to say I forget about that, Fritz, but because a startup takes up so much time. Let me just preface this. Coming out of 2017, in the United States, we had a shift, if you will, from one administration to another. We also had, I would say, the beginning, or I would say folks were really focused on the future of work. And we started having conversations about AI and VR and all the ecosystems of, or I would say the ecosystem of emerging technologies, right? And so it became very clear for me that as my background is in financial services, economic development, I needed to ensure that I had the skills and general knowledge of what the future of work the industrial revolution and the change would actually look like so i immersed myself in that ecosystem for a couple of years uh, i traveled to one of my um participating states when i was at treasury with um, a board director of mine neil Sahata, and we put on a conference called the ai for or excuse me um I forgot what the conference was called, but it was really focused on leveraging emerging technologies for for good. Uh, we put on hackathons for kids. We talked about the value proposition of embracing emerging technologies and how it could potentially support the most underserved communities out there. Understand?
0: So you're already uh, focusing on. Uh... You could say providing inclusion, uh, getting people, the the people involved who normally don't get an opportunity.
1: So that's what it's, yes. So that's literally what it's all all about. Uh, typically, when you have a disruption yeah. uh, or anytime there's a new industrial revolution, those who are typically not participating um, probably will not ever get the opportunity to participate. So to the extent we can bring them along, introduce them to emerging technologies, such as AI, VR, collaborative robots. Um, It allows them to participate, but also the awareness of what these disruptive technologies are going to do and how it's going to change how we communicate. Because five, six years ago, folks weren't using Zoom to the extent that we use Zoom today. I'm right outside of Washington, D.C., Fritz, you're in Europe. The fact that we can have this conversation is because of emerging technologies. So again, making sure that folks are aware of the resources and also the tools, the tools that are available to them so that they can not only survive, but thrive in what is now the fourth industrial revolution, but getting them on board early on, showing the value proposition, Um, And so that's what One United Globe uh, is attempting to do to ensure that everyone is aware of the resources that are available and to explore how to do it in an organic manner as well.
0: Got it. Hey, how do you, uh, in this context, how do you define success? When are you satisfied? When have you achieved your results?
1: (sighs) Excellent question. Um, When I can rest? (laughs) I mean, that's a very, that's a very good question. So I measure our success as to our ability to support small businesses to ensure that they are not um, able to create new businesses by working through our platform with the state economic development agencies, but that they're able to grow good paying jobs, retain jobs, and more importantly, by leveraging our technology, connecting those founders, those entrepreneurs to access the capital so that they can do what they achieve to do. And thinking about if we have all of these challenges that are facing us right now, if it's not climate, right? If it's not access to just education, Whatever whatever it is, our ability to provide flexible capital to entrepreneurs that look like me, that may not have a linear path, I think provides us with a unique opportunity to explore how we can start to find viable solutions to ensure that this planet remains um, a living viable planet so that my kids your kids and those other kids have the ability to do what it is we're doing right now, having a conversation, being able to just survive and thrive.
0: Uh, That's uh, a good definition of success by my book. Uh, You also mentioned something which uh, triggered me is the people you talk about don't have a linear path. Um, Has your life been linear or has it been a bumpy road? And have you made mistakes or have you failed along the way and said hey that's actually that was such a good learning opportunity for me
1: so nothing in my life has been linear um i've learned along the way um and i think it's through my failures Um, I've been able to just have a different muscle and a different mindset, right? Um, I think there's something that's within each of us, uh, but having the ability to recognize that and to hear it, I think you learn that as you fail, but as you succeed too, right? So m Street x did not have a linear path. We were going out there and we were trying to fundraise with equity and crowdfunding, et cetera, that didn't work. But one of our clients happened to see the value proposition of what we were trying to do. And that's how we're able to survive. So I would say to those who are listening, don't count yourself out, believe in yourself understand that you have something to share, you are valuable. And because your path may not be linear, that gives you a unique advantage to solve a problem differently from someone who may see something differently from you. So again, the ability to take from a domain that may not be within your um may not be something that you're used to but to i would say connect dots is extremely important i would say my ability to connect dots and to envision is my secret sauce so i envision where i see us going and i connect those dots so i can be successful And that is something that has taken me time. But again, I had the opportunity, a unique opportunity to be in a position at a specific time. I knew I had a responsibility. And that responsibility has led me to where I'm at today.
0: Got it. When you connect those dots, do you have a certain set of values? you use uh, guidelines uh, you've taken on board to do what you wanted to set out to do?
1: Yeah. So I would say those values come from knowing where I see the organization or myself going. Right. So um, for example, with that treasury program, I would say we were a community of practice. We were a network at one time, a thriving network, right? So understanding that the values of that network were to deploy capital. Everyone may have a different understanding as to how you deploy capital and what that underwriting criteria is. But at the end of the day, the main goal is to ensure that individuals, small businesses, entrepreneurs, have access to capital. If we can crack that nut, and if we can do it in a manner that is inclusive and equitable, then I think we start to change the conversation from those who do not have support, but bringing everyone along to ensure that folks are receiving the resources that are out there for them. Because there's more capital out there. I mean, capital is abundant, Fritz, but the question is who is receiving the capital?
0: Good one. Let me then end with one final question in this context. Um, and what advice now the Do people seek your advice? And is there like a common advice you would give to anybody out there?
1: So people do seek my advice, uh, specifically those in this ecosystem of access to capital and small business um, under that treasury program. Um, But also coming out of that treasury program, I would say as a practitioner, um, I think what has come out of it is one's character and understanding what, um, why do I do the things that I do? What makes me tick, right? And so if there was any advice that I would provide to entrepreneurs, small business owners, anyone of the like, just number one, go with your gut because your gut is typically, you know, um, right 99% of the time, but also give yourself some grace too. Give yourself some grace and know that what will be happens for a reason. You have to understand that. And there are certain things that are not, within our control, but understanding that um, we're here to ensure that we are good stewards of this planet. And while I'm here, I wanna ensure that my kids and my kids' kids have the resources to survive. So I know that's a long answer, Mm -hmm. but um, I would just say, just be you Be true to yourself and understanding that things happen for a reason and that it'll be okay. I mean, I didn't know that I would be CEO or chairman of the board of a startup company seven, five years ago. But this is where I am today. I love it. My path has not been linear. um, But because I do have that inner faith within myself, I know that things will be okay.
0: Believe in yourself and it will be okay. That's right. Okay. David David Rickster, I want to thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, I want to wish you lots of success and luck with growing M Street X and uh, taking us along your journey so far. So again, thank you so much for sharing your insights and thoughts.
1: Thank you for it.